This is a horror podcast. It exists to provoke and alarm and unnerve. None of us will judge you if you turn away. But if you wish to proceed, it's your choice. Yours and yours alone. There is no God. Love is impossible. There is no escape from a cold, uncaring universe. Love is a lie. God is your enemy. Down below the reservoir, something stirs. Down below the reservoir, something stirs. And just when you thought the suffering was done, episode 57, Pageant. A balloon bobbing and jerking on the end of its string. That's what the host looked like to Imelda Cunningham. Round and glossy, a milky light blue, but blown up just a bit too much. From the wings of the stage, she watched his little feet twinkle across the boards in bobbing gavotte, his hands, soft and smooth like those of a child, making elaborate arabesques in the air or thumbing the rings of his ragged comb-over. She eyed the bulge of fat slung under his burgundy cummerbund, bulking the fly of his trousers. They're going to split. There on stage he'll come undone. Only a miracle will save us. And there, behind the curtains, Imelda thought of fruit. Sweet pulp glistening under broken skin. Oh, Mother of Jesus. The host's voice greased through the speakers like something unspeakable seeping beneath a cubicle door. Ladies and gentlemen, can we have a big round of applause there for Sonia McCarthy, our lovely, lovely contestant all the way from Batterstown. Sonia there, wasn't she great? All things considered. <laughs> the accompaniment of applause and with the house band, Francis Darby and the Regrets, in full fanfare, Sonia McCarthy stumbled off the stage, moaning, nose bleeding, her dress torn open at her ribs. I thought I could do it. I, I thought I could do it. <sighs> Two men took her by the arms, whisked her down a flight of stairs to lie with the others. In the darkness backstage, Imelda gave her hair one last futile preen, her nervous hands running down her dress, smoothing creases only she could see. Her breath caught in soft places. She was next. If Mother was alive to see, she would have been so proud. She would. I'm sure she would have been so proud. The host turned lightly on his dancer's heel, hands weaving conjuring shapes. And now, please welcome onto the stage our 11th contestant here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Amelda Cunningham! <laughs> and lights flung around on gantries, raked a blazing circle whiteness across the glittering backdrop to rest on the edge of stage, waiting to carry Imelda forward. 
She hesitated. Miss Amelda She closed her eyes. Please. Oh, please let this go well for me. The band struck up again, the host's sweating face contorting as he tried to both hold his smile and mouth at her. Get the fuck over here. Mammy. Mammy, if you're watching. A man in shirt sleeves thundered forth, pushed her, tottering, into the light. (laughs) Into the heat and wave of applause and the orphan screeching of a microphone held too near the speakers. Oh. And then pin-walking, a gangling, unwieldy thing, a newborn calf, a crane fly on stiletto heels. Imelda Cunningham tottered toward the host. Look for the mark. The mark where you're supposed to stand. Just get there. It'll be all right. And a thousand years to cross the stage. And every step was glacial, and sweat was ice upon her neck. But she got there. She got there. Took you fucking long enough, Miss Amelda Cunningham! She flinched, wobbled on heels. Can we have a round of applause for Amelda? (laughs) Fabulous. Just fabulous. Imelda looked out onto the sea of faces, cherry pink and black with hollow, toothless grins, and hands flapping, limply flapping, like row on row of throat-shaped flowers, heavy-leaved and shook by storm. The host took Imelda's wrist in his hand, the slender thing, lost in his swollen grip. Here she is now, and doesn't she look just lovely? Satin, I presume, and a gorgeous shade of mint green. Clark's in Rathout. Lovely, lovely. Give us a twirl there, Amelda. Ooh. Ooh. Ah. Led along, she stumbled in a graceless circle and his grip tightened. Don't you fucking fall. These shoes, I'm not used to these. <laughs> she bonked her mouth on the microphone. Ha. A lone bark of laughter in the audience. The smile of the host cooled by 30 degrees. I'm sorry. Mm. So, Amelda, let's get to know you, sure. Won't you tell us a little bit about yourself? You're from the town here, aren't you? Yes. Yes, I am. And you've lived here all your life, haven't you? Yes. Silence. Give me something to work with, love. Um, I have lived here, I mean. Go on. You, you don't leave. You never leave. No, no, you don't leave. You never leave. (laughs) Sure, what would we be if we leave, huh? What would we be if we leave? He shook her. Nothing. Nothing at all. Good girl. (laughs) Good girl. So, Amelda, the town's very own Amelda Cunningham, we're dying to know a little bit more about you, huh? So, how do you keep busy? Busy. Where do you work, love? Uh, Do you have any hobbies? It's not hard. It's It's not a trick question. Oh, um... Hobbies. Um, knitting and crochet. God almighty, how do you find the time for all that? And work, um, I used to work in the travel agents in town, but then that shut down 
and then I was in the kitchen at Lynch's, but that went too. So now, now it's really just me and Daddy since he's been out of work. Oh, and what did Daddy do? Oh, he made those sort of uh, Chinaman's hats to go on chimney pots to stop crows nesting in them. But then there was an icy morning and the tiles were too slippery and then... Well, well, he hasn't been right since. Oh, poor Daddy. <laughs> Those crows can be nasty. <laughs> and tell us, Imelda, what does Mammy do? Uh, Mammy died. Eh? She took her own life. <laughs> well, that's one way to leave the town. <laughs> that's one way to leave. Well, this has been truly lovely, but we all know what we're here for, don't we? Don't we? I can't hear you. As one, the audience began to chant. Mouth, 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 mouth. Tell us, Imelda, where have you grown your second mouth? Here, on the back of my neck here, between my shoulder blades. She brushed aside her fancy hairdo, courtesy of Mertix of Ross Cross. Well, let's have a proper look at you. He clamped a meaty hand to the back of her head, bent her bowing. <coughs> her face jerking toward her knees and there, there for the entire audience to see, the second mouth, a redness slicing right across her neck. <coughs> he released her and she surfaced, flushed and panting, her dress askew, her fancy hairdo all awry. And tell me, tell me, tell me, Amelda... Does it talk to you? When you're in bed, when you're alone, it opens, it parts, it it talks to you. She nodded. And Imelda, Imelda in the dead of night when it talks, when there's no one else to hear, when there's no one and nothing in the world, what does it say, Imelda? When it's you, just you and your second mouth, what does it say? The bulb of the microphone pressed against her lips. Things. Things? Imelda could hear her own breathing played back to her. Awful things. Awful things. Well, let's have a listen. He pressed the microphone down against the moving lips. Ashamed of you, her failure child, broken and bruised in the ditch by the road. She wanted a son, she wanted a son. Ho, 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 Oh, very awful. Very awful indeed. Gives me chills. And tell me, Amelda, how did you manage to grow that second mouth? Chemicals. Oh, of course. And prayer. Prayer? Yes, wrong prayer to the things. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, and did the things, did they demand anything in return, my dear? My hope. Oh, yeah. And all the love I have within me. Slowly, he ran his fingers along her shoulder, under her hair, to the second mouth. All the love within you. Yes. Don't. And tell me, Imelda, is there something that the second mouth likes? Uh, something it likes the taste of? I don't. I shouldn't. When you close your eyes for wrong prayer, what is it you see? What does wrong prayer make you see? Imelda's face is a tortured thing. I'm coming into her bedroom. Mammy's face hanging open. And yellow, streaking the sides of her mouth. And there's fright. Yes. And shame. Yes. And feelings. Strange, stirring feelings too, yes? I don't understand. I'm only five. I don't understand. Her eyes are open, but Mammy won't wake up. <laughs> 
He took her chin in his hand. If I was to slap at Imelda, if I was... Don't. She pulled away. It would... It would feel like the world was ending. He held up his hand. Don't worry, Imelda, I won't. And down on her neck. Melda, reaching like a birthing cow, fell to her knees. She wasn't wrong, was she? <laughs> Melda crouched there, wiping away tears the slap had knocked loose. But not for long. The host pulled Melda to her feet. Clean yourself up. Clean yourself up, for God's sake. I'm sorry. And now, ladies and gentlemen, all the nonsense is done with, and we enter our talent portion. Ooh. Imelda, if you're quite ready, tell the good folk and the bad folk too. <laughs> tell them, what are you going to birth for us tonight? She blinked away the tears, snuffed the snot back into her nose and forced herself to smile. I don't know what it is, to be honest. It's a bit like a crow and a bit like a pig. Ooh! Ah. Not really like either. But you'll see. I'm sure we will, Imelda. Well, what do we say, everyone? All together now? Bring forth the body wrong! She lay upon her back, and as her dress was pulled up over her bent knees, he asked... Have you chosen music for the birthing, Imelda? I have. It's, um, King of Rock and Roll, Prefab Sprout. It's on the tape. Just press play. Just press play, is it? <laughs> You're very well prepared, Imelda. <laughs> Not your first rodeo, huh? <laughs> well, best of luck, Imelda. It slid out of her, was caught by the host on the second bounce. Held by the arm, it dripped and cried, waving its stunted palms in the air. And it looked a bit like a crow. And it looked a bit like a pig. But not a lot like either. The audience counted. One, two, three, four... Five, six, seven. The creature squeaked, moaned, voided in the hands of the host. The thing was chucked into the wings, spinning through the air like a four-armed starfish. Seven seconds. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> Congratulations, Amelda. It lived for seven seconds. That puts you far up the leaderboard. She tried to raise her sweat-drenched head, but... The effort was too much. Now, Amelda, before we take you away, before you go down into the dark, <laughs> do you have any last words? For my mammy? I did it for my... I've never been... But now, i finally done something with my... my... Oh, God... Men came from the wings to lift her, carried her off stage. The host spun and grinned and winked and laughed. Amelda Cunningham, ladies and gentlemen, wasn't she magnificent? She came third.
and down below the reservoir, something stirs. Down Below the Reservoir is written by Graeme Tugwell and performed by Sarah Maria Griffin, Dave Rudden, Deirdre Sullivan and Graeme Tugwell. This podcast is recorded and sound designed at Displace Studios Dublin and produced by Corin Owens. Down Below the Reservoir is a work of fiction and any resemblance to places or people living or dead is purely coincidental. A new episode of Down Below the Reservoir is available every two weeks through iTunes, Stitcher and Google Play and at downbelowthereservoir.com where you can find links to our Facebook, Twitter and our Patreon crowdfunding campaign. Only through your support and donations is Down Below the Reservoir made possible. Join us. And remember, everyone drinks the water here.